Victoria Shepherd, and this is the Happy Henry's Woof You podcast, where we get to find out a little bit more about the people around us who work with, play with, or know something about dogs. From the benign to the bizarre, I want to talk to anyone about anything dog-related and share stories or useful information that will not just inform, but also entertain and possibly inspire you. As many of you know, Happy Henry's was created as a safe space for all dogs and takes a more holistic approach to dog grooming, combining consent-based techniques, games-based activities for the dogs to increase their confidence and optimism, as well as education for the owners. Today, I have the pleasure of sitting down with the one and only Mandy Davis, one of the founders and creators of the Dicky Bag. Hello, Mandy. Hello, Victoria. How are you doing? I am doing brilliantly. Now I've got my technology sorted out. <laughs> <laughs> I have every faith in you. <laughs> so, um, first of all, thank you so much for uh, agreeing to do this with me. Um, since we I'm met, just more, I'm just more amazed you want to talk to me. <laughs> I love talking to you, and ever since. We met a couple of years ago, nearly, I think now. Um, it, it's always fun. Um, and and you are you are definitely up for a challenge. Um, and I will talk about that um, later. But first of all, why the name Dicky Bag? And what is it? For people who have perhaps fallen off the earth at some point in the UK, what is a Dicky Bag? Now, see, it's funny you say that people have fallen off the earth, but the, the majority of people we talk to have still got no idea what a dicky bag actually is. There's a, I'm always surprised when I say to someone, oh, it's a dicky bag. They go, oh, yeah, I know those. That shocks me more <laughs> than people going, what? What are you talking about? Well, and these are, but I think dog people have sometimes heard of them, but they haven't necessarily got one. Well, well, not only that, do you know what? There's no PR in poo. And what it is, we came up with a really weird and unique idea. So 15 years ago, it was a case of enjoyed walking my dog, especially with the family, ended up with the inevitable little bag, and then didn't know what to do with it because there weren't any bins. So hence we came to the point of making a solution for that, just from my, my wacky brain going... I don't mind doing this, but I just don't want to carry it. What do I do? What do I do? Um, and when we got round, the, do you know what the hardest thing to do is name a product when it doesn't already exist? Uh -huh. What would you, you know, like if you think about anything in life, what would you call it if the name didn't already exist for it? Uh -huh. um, so we've we skirted around various items. And the, the whole point is our, our portable bin didn't want to look like a bin, didn't want to smell like a bin. Didn't want to look anything, you know, be any associated with a bin. So we didn't want to put, you know, the poop pouch or or the or poo sack or any of those things. But my mum was a cockney. She was born within the sound of bow bells. And so to us, Dickie, Richard III is yes. a turd. So we thought, well, let's not be too formal here. Let's reduce it down and just call it the Dickie bag. So it, it says what it says, it does, but without being too obvious about it. Well, that's, that's it. And I have to say, I love doing my uh, little post for you where I just remind people to not be a Richard. Um, it's, <laughs> you, you know, um, but your website, according to your website, 
It yeah. says that, or you say, we're just an average family. Oh, now, totally. Now, I mean, are you really? I mean, personally, I think you're awesome and a little more than average, but we're going to let the listeners decide about this <laughs> um, at the end of this. But it's a family business, isn't it? Um, it, it yeah, definitely. And I've spoken to one of your sons and met another of them. Yeah. What, what is the story behind how your family came to get involved and what you were doing? Because this is more of a later life career for you, isn't it? So. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I am, I am not a business person and I, I frustrate the heck out of all business advisors because I go, yeah, yeah, I hear what you're saying. However, I'm not doing that because that's <laughs> not me. Because I, I, I'm, I'm really awful at business. And this is all I ever say to people. It's like, oh, God, I don't know. I just do it my way, not the business way. I've been told off for the way I write creative stuff. You know, you can't say that. You can't do this. It's like, well, I think I just have. <laughs> oh, well, people will get it or they won't. I just, I'm not there to please people. I'm just there to solve an issue. As I say, I mean, it, it, initially it started off walking the dog with the family Someone ends up with a nasty bag. And then right. the real t crunch came when I was trying to walk my daughter with the dog who chases a ball. Did your daughter so have a lead ball. on? Yeah. Okay. Well, she's, she, the dog's running around chasing the ball. My daughter was three, wanted to hold my hand. So we're holding a hand, we're throwing a ball. Two hands already being used. Then comes that bag. Now, which choice do you make? Do you let your daughter carry it with you in your hand? Or do you put it in the hand that's going to be throwing a bat, a ball backwards and forwards and hope to hell it isn't going to split? Because do you know what? Neither choice was the right choice. And, and it was a case of, I say, I watched people do what I call the 360. So I saw them, other dog owners, pick up the bag, then literally do a, a, a turn, looking around for that bin. Mm -hmm. Then decide, well, it's coming with me then, isn't it? So not only are you walking the dog, you're walking a bag of poo. And it's like, I was going... I've never paraded a nappy in my life. Why am I doing this with a bag of poo? See, now, I've never had a problem with this. So, I mean, when we met at the tra a yes. trade show a couple of years ago, I was determined not to be sucked into the dicky bag community. I, di I didn't need one. I was more than happy to carry my dog poop around with me on walks, tie it to my belt, tie it to my dog's harness, and I have no problem driving back home in the heat in the summer with a pile of rancid poop in the back of my car. I just, I didn't, didn't bother me. Yeah. And I even saw the TV show that you were on a few years yes. ago that had real-life testers try out your product. And at the time, yeah. I said to whoever was in my earshot, there's no way I would spend that kind of money on that product. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. So then I was, that was, I'd gone into it. I was ready for the sales pitch. And then, <laughs> and, you, and, you, and you were like, have you heard of a dicky bag? And I said, yes. And I don't, I need, don't need one. It. Don't don't even try and sell me one. And I was ready and armed. And then you simply said, "Okay, fair enough. Let's talk. What's your experience?" You didn't do any hard sell. No. We just had this really fun conversation um, that I was determined to walk away from with my wallet still oh, firmly yes. nestled yeah. in and you my were pocket. Yeah. And I was going to change my mind and stop making dicky bags. Yeah. 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 <laughs> 
And I started out by saying, I can't possibly sell products in my store that I don't strongly believe in. Um, and I ended up, after you hit a pain point, and I think you said to me, what did you do at the weekend? And I said, oh, it was my birthday. And you said, oh, what did you do? I said, I went for a walk in the Peak District. Lovely two-hour walk, went with the dogs, and then it hit me. I'd got back to my car and I looked down at Henry and the poo bag that had been tied to his harness <laughs> had disappeared. And I said to my friend, oh, my gosh, where is it? Because I then went into a, a spiral of guilt going, oh, my gosh, I talk about those people who put their poo bags on trees. I really, I am like judgmental when it comes to things like that. And so for the next 20 minutes, half an hour, I went round picking up any stray poo I could find just to build back up my poo karma because <laughs> I, I felt so bad. And in that instance of you just chatting to me, I was like, oh, my gosh. I want a, I want a dicky bag. I want a treat bag. I want, you know, in fact, I want, you I want branded ones for my store. <laughs> so yeah, you you did it in a way, and since then I've just loved it, and and I will talk about it um, passionately. But, but that's what I say. I'm not a traditional business person. See, a traditional business person goes in for the kill. They go in to sell you, regardless of whether you want it, need it, desire it. Whatever it is, and, yeah. and we always often, well, regularly we say to people, you don't need this bag. And they're like, why don't I need it? Because you can carry it around in your hand. Get that. Everybody's managed before. You pick it up, you put it in a bag, and you have dealt with it for many, many, many years. And some are good, some are bad, some make excuses. You know, it's each to their own. However... Did you want to carry that? If I if I walked past you and went, hey, I'll take that from you, would you go, no, I'd prefer to carry it. Thank you I'd very much. I'd have probably much. kissed you. That's that's all. <laughs> well, I this mean, is it. who wants to carry around other people's poop? I so yeah. Well, it was it was it was definite, but do you sell? We're talking about poop bags because that's how the business started. Yes. But you sell other products besides poop bags now, don't you? Oh, yes. Tell yeah. me well, a bit see, about the thing those. is, again, this is, we've always sold other things. Obviously, the Dickie bag was the first idea we came up with. And what it is, we make it out of neoprene, which is a fantastic material. It's soft. It's got, you know, got longevity to it. It lasts for years and years and years and years and years and years. Um, you can wash it so you can freshen it up. Um, and you can... People use it mainly for laptop cases or wetsuits. That's basically all they think neoprene is useful for. Um, but it's got these odour-proof qualities to it. So we, all, we always made a range of, like, nappy bags, as it were. Now, those nappy bags have turned into walking bags. And we, we also made it so that you can, rather than having to buy one item that does one job, because you can wash what we make, it can have many different lives. So... What started off as my daughter's nappy bag when she went to nursery became a lunch bag. Then it became a swimming bag. You know, then it became it went on her bike because it clips onto bikes. And I haven't had to buy five different bags through her life. We've just washed and reused another bag. And when we get down to this whole eco thing, the first one we say is reduce. Let's not buy 
lots and lots of stuff. Let's not buy 16 bags when one bag will do. And so that's why with the walking bags, it's a, again, um, we have what we call dicky disciples. Once you've bought into one of our products, you love it. And it's saying it's not because I've told you to love it. And that's why I don't want to do the hard sell. I want only people that want to buy my product to buy it because then they're ready and will appreciate what they've got. Then when they've bought one of our products and they realize the quality of the workmanship and how good they are and how versatile they are, they just go, well, what else can I have? I want this. I want that. I'm going to buy one of these. And that's what we really love about it because I say it is people that buy into us. Um, and, And it's not, yes, it's a brand, but we're not a massive brand. We're not an international brand. We're not money above all else. We will only make in the UK. We do not make abroad. It's all made locally in Cornwall. It's handmade. And again, it's like, as you said, it's expensive. And we don't hide from that. We don't shy away from that. But it's expensive because you don't know what to compare it to. You're only At the moment, your solution is comp- to compare it to a pickup bag. Now, that is pennies. But a lot of people double bag because they don't like the smell. Well, you're already wasting more money and causing more problems for the environment because you're using more plastic. Mm-hmm. Whereas something which is going to last you for 5, 10, 15, I mean, we've been making them 15 years. People still have their original bags because they're that well made. Unless and they use dogs every eating day. Them. I'm just saying, unless your dog's eating them. Oh, oh unless, yes. You, they, yeah, they're not dog proof. That is the other thing. <laughs> Yeah, don't leave it lying within reach of an £85 lab. It's not good. Yeah. Was that the treat bag or the dicky bag? Or that both? was the treat bag. No. He, oh, he... yeah, that's, yeah, that's a favourite fail. Uh, I know, I, I know. In fact, I have I have to send one back to you to, <laughs> to repair. The zip has come off. Um, anyway, so now you were talking about money just then. And, yes. Um, and I'm sure you've been asked about this all the time and your left eye will probably twitch when I do. <laughs> but I can't, I'd be remiss if um, yeah. as a Dragon's Den fan myself, yes. I would be remiss if I didn't raise the subject with you. So right. can you tell me a bit about your experience and why your 15 minutes or less of fame was, was, came about or didn't come about? Yeah, 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 yeah. So this is this was an interesting story. So we got spotted at one of the many shows that we do. We had the production team come up and we told them about the dicky bags. Instantly again, another convert, loved it, brilliant. Need to get you on the show. Do you mind doing it? Put your pitch in, do it quick. And we got super fast tracked through. So we met them, I think, in March. We were recording in April. Um, and they love the whole ethos because what it is, say with the factory we use in Cornwall. We used to have a lot of jobs here making wetsuits. All the wetsuit companies will profit over quality and just morals and shipped everything abroad. So there weren't any wetsuits made. So they had no jobs, factory closed. A couple of the men bought the equipment and set up their own factory, making smaller, you know, more bespoke items in neoprene. Um, So we were passionate about being made in Cornwall. The production company loved the idea of that. When we actually got to pitch into the dragons, the literally the first words out of their mouth were, for us to make the money we want to make, you will have to make abroad. 
At which point I just flatly went, I won't. And they said, well, how can you how can you do that? I said, because I'm not greedy. Funny enough, they won't show things <laughs> when someone calls the dragons greedy. Mm. Think that, that's me not being a business person again. <laughs> I know, but you. So as much as I mean, I am. Um, uh, let me ask you this then: What yeah. would your advice be to someone like me, yeah. who I can get a bit overly excited about what I'm trying to do when it comes to helping dogs that struggle yeah. with being handled and groomed, and others may feel. I'm a bit away with the fairies sometimes um, with how I approach working with dogs. But I, I, the way I work with dogs is probably not going to make me rich anytime soon because nope. it's not a production line. Um, yeah. And so there's that side of me that has always wanted to go on Dragon's Den and I think I've got something to shout about because I think the world needs to start rethinking the way that we work with dogs when it comes to grooming. But I think the first thing the dragons would say is, yeah, you're not going to make us rich. That's right. And, and that's it. So that's what, it. Would you, what, would you, what would you recommend that I should do um, in my position? Oh, gosh, if I knew that, it would have taken me 15 <laughs> years to get where we are. <laughs> I mean, because this is the thing. I mean, it's, if, you can, if you can manage to get on there and get seen, be a bit quirky, give a good story. That's all they're, that's what they're after. They're after a good story. And the production team loved the story. That's why they got us on. However, you just got to keep your mouth they, shut. <laughs> yeah, you just have to learn to keep your mouth shut. And you have to go, oh, you're so right. Yes, I'll do that. But also, say you're dealing with people because we always thought the key to success is coming up with that new product. We are so wrong. People aren't looking for a new product. They're looking for someone to reinvent the old stuff they've already got. Because when we came to market, there had been, there was something called a muck sack. Now, that was basically a small grey wheelie bin. It was very cumbersome. It came on a lanyard. It, if you bent down to pick up poo, the, the, that would get to the poo before you do, and it would just basically boot it out the way. It was a good idea, but it just didn't deliver. Then there was something called a poo pod which was a canister, like a beer tanker, with a lead that came off the end. Clunky, plastic, incredibly heavy, one size only, so God only knows how you've got a Labrador poo in it. Um, now, that actually got shown on Dragon's Den. Now, at the same time, we'd come up with ours, but ours was soft, it was lightweight, it fixed on your lead, it fixed on you. It was much more versatile in its usage and the rest of it. Um, but as I say, it, it was... <sighs> It you wanted just it to stay case. local, right? You wanted well, this it is it. to stay we weren't, I mean, in the UK. Everything else has come and gone. There's been nets in 15 years. We have seen so many things come and go. Every time something new comes out, you go like, all right, okay, here we go. Our market's going to deplete. What happens is it makes our market bigger because everything else that has come and gone doesn't work. It's cheap. It's badly made. It's inferior. But people will buy cheap first to go, oh, I quite like the idea of getting rid of that. I mean, there's things out at the moment. There's a variety of things where you can hook your poo bag to your lead. It leaves your poo bag exposed and it swings around and it smells. So what have you actually solved? You might, Like you were doing, you might as well tie the handles to the lead yeah. because you're wasting money on a gadget that isn't solving anything. 
But they buy that, they sort of like it, and then they go, hold on a minute, I haven't solved my problem. <laughs> this, however, then they jump in and go, okay, I'll buy one because it actually does everything it, you wanted it to do. It ticks all the boxes. <laughs> but again, I appreciate it's, you know, it, you're not used to it. You don't understand it. It was a completely new idea. People used to look at me like I had two heads. I'd go, it's a personal poo bin to put your poo bags in. And they're going, this weird lady collects poo. It's like, no, I don't. Maybe that's You're why we get along. <laughs> well, listen, but then people forget it because it's a chore and you have to do it. As I say, people just got on and did it. And it's only when someone says, I can stop that, they suddenly go and they're saying they can walk away from me. The, the, the most upset people we have are the people that talk to us at a show, go, I don't need one. You go, that's fine. I'm not going to make you buy it. But then they have to wait to see us at the same show the next year because they forget what we're called. <laughs> and they come to me and they go, Oh, I have had the worst year ever because every time I've had that poo bag in my hand. I've thought of you. I've thought of you, literally. Yes, <laughs> I do say that. I said, well, the next time you're carrying a bag of poo, you'll think of me. But it happens. It's, it's like a dishwasher. It's like a mobile phone. How many people have said, don't need one of those, don't need it? especially mobile phones. No one needed a mobile phone. What a ridiculous idea. How much money for a mobile? Yeah. Why would you want one of those? And, you know, when we first met, you told me that you'd stopped doing business with some very large and well-known companies and organisations. And there's some I won't do ever entertain doing business with. <laughs> so um, we don't have to name names, but would you be willing to tell me, give me some examples as to why you won't use certain companies what have what what's happened i i have very strong maybe slightly mad principles i'm very morally driven and that's why i'm not a great business person because i will put my morals and principles in front of profit so when i see the way certain people do business i have the power to say yes or no and it, you, you know, when we first stopped doing business with said company, we did go, this could make or break. And we just stuck by our guns and went, I don't like being treated like this. I don't agree with the way they do business and the way they don't pay tax and the way they treat everybody and the way they're taking over the world and then trying to move via rockets into other places. Oh, is that a clue? Um, <laughs> then... Um, it is very much a case of going, you have to, this world is wrong and we are struggling because not enough people have a moral compass and are prepared to put their money where their mouth is. I don't have a flash office. I work from my house. Our stock room is in one of our spare rooms. I have our garage, which our car can no longer get in because I use it as a stock room. We keep our expenses to an absolute minimum so although the product is expensive the money goes into paying decent wages to people it goes to paying tax novel idea it goes into doing all the right things rather than avoiding doing having a morals that to do the right things i mean i my particular favorite at the moment to go on a tangent, is I keep getting emails through telling me how I can get in touch with these people so I can avoid paying tax. You can imagine my reply. 
<laughs> I basically give them a nice little reply, which goes, you are a disgusting human being. I think you need to go and get a job where you're doing good rather than bad. And don't you ever contact me again. Don't think I'm ever going to be rich, Victoria. <laughs> No, I, I, I feel the same. I'm like, I'm not going to be a millionaire. What you know? What I'm going to at the end of the day, I'm going to feel good about what I'm doing, and yeah. that I am I'm trying to help people. Um, well, this and this is the, really, as I say, I, mean, I know we do the other products now. I'm saying the treat bag is great because it does it helps people with their training because you can get the treat there instantly. It and does, and the treats people, don't fly out everywhere. Well, this is it. I mean, they spend hundreds of pounds going to classes. And when they're at the class, the dog's good. When they get home, they haven't got the kit to make it work how mm. they want it to work. So you're on hiding to nothing. It's never going to work. And it's just having had a reactive dog. That's why we came up with the treat bag. And I've seen people struggle. Oh, nicely modelled. Mm -hmm. I like that. Very good. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's like with a dicky bag as well. It is a case of I'm actually trying to stop people making stupid excuses and blame other people for their bad behaviour. So, I mean, you can't have a bin everywhere. It isn't possible. Councils cannot afford to put bins everywhere for your convenience. If you're complaining about there aren't enough services that you've got, how on earth are they supposed to find money to put the bins in you want? If you take a bin with you next to your dog every time you walk, then you can get that poo bag to any destination in a car, can be in there for four hours, you can take it home. You just don't know it's there. And that is the key. We want to use a bin. Well, the bin's never going to be where you want it unless you take it with you. So take your bin. It's you, a different way of thinking. You know what? I went down to Devon for um, a training session and I had got both dogs with me and we'd been outside doing the training session. And then we moved inside to have uh, an indoor uh, whiteboard session. And I think I was inside for two hours before I suddenly was like, you know what, I've just realised I've got poop in my pocket and I've not <laughs> smelt it. And the girl who was teaching me and working with me was like, wow, you really have got... And I'm like, yep. Um, but two hours and no one was aware that I had dog poo in my pocket. This is it. So... I mean, this is I mean, this is the thing that when we talk to people, because particularly people that go on holidays, I mean, most people will do their, if they're working, do their normal walk, get up, walk the dog, this route, I know there's a bin, put it in there, do this, do that. When you go for that nice day out, mm -hmm. that's when you don't find the bin. That's when you end up with it in your hand and you're going, Really? I want to have a cup of coffee. I want to have an ice cream. We want to go in the cafe. We want to go in the pub. And you're going, I can't take this in the pub and put it on under the bar. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be very welcome. <laughs> and, and it is just, it, it, it's those silly things that get, get into people's brains and they go like, you're right. And it's like, I know I'm right, but thank you for telling me. <laughs> To be proud or anything, but I'm. Oh right. no, 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 no! I'm no. very modest. No, um, very modest. But, but, but no, but it, again, it is that thing, and and suddenly, if someone says to me, "I don't need it," it's like that's great. As long as you're doing the right thing, that's great. But I do. There's the issue with the whole deja poo thing, which is where people pop it down, and they're going to pick up on the way back. They never now, do. I've tried it. Well, you exactly. Forget. Some do. Some forget, and it's genuine, and all the rest of it. But then also, what happens is. 
the next person that walks past might not be so conscientious, but they go, oh, someone this is else did it. it. I'll leave mine. So you might pick yours up, but someone else has left theirs. And then we end up with this problem. That's what I'm saying. If we remove the whole excuse and the whole, you don't need to leave it anywhere. You can take it with you for the whole walk. Yeah. I mean, that is the idea. And it, because it's not in your hand, because you can't smell it, because you can't sit. Most people, their biggest complaint about a dicky bag is they forget to empty it. <laughs> now, that is a brilliant complaint because it means you don't know you've got it. Yeah. I mean, we walk the coast path all the time. Um, and, you know, and it, you see bags that have been thrown in hedges because people, I don't condone it anyway, straight or form. However, I understand what happens. Yes. It's in your hand. You get fed up. And then they look around. No one's watching. A little flick. Oh, it's gone. Yeah. No one knows it's there. But, you know, hedgerows die back. in the forest. Yeah. Ah, you know. Exactly. So you're in Cornwall now. Um you were previously in the city, right? You were you were yeah, working yeah, in yeah. London. This was a later life thing. So. Exactly, yeah. When the world was black and white, yeah. It was um so I started off totally wrong industry really, but I started off I was a theatrical agent. So I used to get actors' jobs. Um did all, loved it brilliant fantastic then I was a dance teacher because I'd always danced and I sort of did it part-time then I I got fed up with commuting started up the dance school worked as a dance teacher in Essex then my husband got made redundant he was in advertising and we just got to the point we had three kids and we went is this all life has got left for us because you are very much tied in and your kids are tied in to the slavery of commution. You've got to go to London to earn the money to be able to afford where you want to live. Mm -hmm. You've got to do this. You've got to do that. My mum died when she was very young. And the one thing you have to take when you have someone close to you die is you have to go, my life needs to be what I want my life to be. That You can't turn around. So many, how many people do you know turn around and go, I wish I had. If That's only exactly it. I had. I do not want to be on my deathbed and say, I wish I'd done this. I wish I I'd done that. I should have tried. Exactly. And I, right or wrong, I, that's how I've got through life. And it's perhaps not the most, um, the best way or the most sensible no. way. But no. I generally, if I, if I have an urge to do something, I just go, you know what, I'm going to try it. I, and also, I mean, with, but sensibly, you weigh up and go, what is the worst that can happen if it goes wrong? And that's I end it. up with a very expensive dog wash. There you well, go. And lots of go. new knowledge. I know how to run a business. But well, there you go. See, this is it. And so, I mean, and then we just decided, so with the kids, we just literally up sticks, found somewhere to live. I opened a dance school down here, ran the dance school in Essex. So I was commuting backwards and forwards. Um, but it, it enabled us to move away. Um, we did other jobs, Barry did marketing and whatever. And then it just got to the point we come up with this random idea. So when we started the business, we both had other jobs and we ran this business. I mean, we were working stupid amount of hours, but we believed in it. And there's many a time we had gone, do you know what? What the hell are we doing? Because we've had a lot of naysayers. We have, we've gone through so many people going like, well, stupid idea. You'll never do it. You'll never this. And it's like part of me, if I was a dog, I would definitely be a terrier. Oh, I'm you, sorry. No, if you were a dog breed, what would you be and why? What kind of terrier? 
Oh, anything with big teeth are vicious and cantankerous. <laughs> small. I'm not very tall, so I'll take a small one. But I'm definitely, um, probably a fox, maybe a fox terrier is what I'd be. Because um, I've always had to curly hair. Um, and I just will not give up. If you tell me I can't do something, step back and watch me prove you wrong. Oh, my gosh. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I'm sure we were related in a former life. Just... <laughs> <laughs> Let's say, I remember vividly our first conversation. Say, I mean, you came up and it was, you know, you were, you were pleasant and you were prepared to have a chat because it was just a clear case. You're going, I don't need to go. That's brilliant. I'd like to know why. I'm not going to tell you you need to buy it, but you tell me why you don't need it and I'll tell you why you do. And let's see where we can come to, come to you know, agree or disagree. Because, again, I'm not there to, to tell everybody they're doing it wrong. And since then... I always like... Well, and also, to be better at what I do, I need to know yes. what other people, what their uh, sort of objection to it is, why they don't need it. And I can go, okay, let's go. I hear what you're saying. You However, are so good at it. So good at it. And, but um, do you know what? It's not forced. That's the thing. And I think that's where people say to me, because I don't, you know, going back to right at the beginning, you go, I say, think I'm a very normal person. I do honestly believe I'm a very average, normal person. But I, I talk, not only talk, I listen. Because, as I say, I'm not about, the sale is not the only thing. Mm-hmm. It is actually solving the issue. And if I can make it better... So that you go, that's now, now I get it. Now that's good. Now, as it happens, 15 years down the line, we've had a lot of these conversations. So when you come at me and you say, but what about, what about, I go, I just funny that. (laughs) Okay. I mean that in in a gentle term, (laughs) but when people like to come at their joke, literally go, oh, but I need it to do this. And you go, well, it actually does that. Well, you didn't tell me that. It's like, well, otherwise it sounds like I'm giving you too much of the sell. If you tell me what you needed to do, I should go, yes or no. It doesn't do that, but it does do that. You and do. then you can choose which way it works for you. And then but, since that conversation, you walked away calling me something that wasn't my name. I know, and I couldn't get your name right for ages because you just were always Chatty Cathy. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. I'm, I'm hopefully getting better at that. No, but, why? Li- well, <laughs> I don't know. I see people come into the store and they're like, I can see in their eyes they start going, okay, she's a little possessed. Let's just take step back quietly and she might just disappear. Um, anyway, look, we are, I could talk for hours on this because it's always a pleasure to talk to you. But in your opinion, yep. do you think you're living the dream? Oh, am I living the dream? Yeah. Yeah. Because, do you know what? I work for myself and I, having been a dance teacher, I could only earn money when I was flogging myself to death. I couldn't have a bad day because you're always in front of people and you're there to make them feel good and feel better and send them away having learned something. Loved it to pieces. Absolutely brilliant. However, it is very tiring. You're giving yourself to everybody else all the time. What I always wanted to be able to do was to be able to earn money whilst I was sleeping. That is brilliant. And I'm going to end on that note because I've literally got 20 seconds left to wrap up. (laughs) 
Mandy, it's been absolutely fabulous talking to you. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. It's been a blast, as always. Um, many thanks to you, listeners, for joining us for the episode of Woof You podcast. And Woof You is hosted and produced by me, Victoria Shepherd. Mandy, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. <laughs> I can't wait to share this with you, and I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Excellent. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. So this portion was recorded in post. I had run out of time to finish my conversation with Mandy. You can find Woof You podcast on Happy Henry's website, happy-henrys.co.uk, as well as through Apple Podcasts and Apple Play, where you can stream and download episodes as many times as you like. Please do subscribe, review and rate until your fingers and paws fall off. The only way I'm going to improve what I do for you is to get your feedback. I want you to enjoy listening and your involvement is key to the success in this program. If you have any questions or suggestions for future topics or people I can meet from anywhere, technology is amazing, reach me through the website or our Facebook or Instagram pages at Happy Henry's Dogwash. I'll be back in a few weeks with someone that I think will provide me with information about my dogs that I didn't quite know before. We'll see. Check in soon and find out what's going on. Thank you again from Henry, Stanley and me. Hold up. 